Welcome to Volunteer Connection, the podcast for Girl Scout troop leaders. What's beautiful about Girl Scouts is that it takes girls outside of their comfort zones and encourages them to learn and grow and change the world. But Girl Scouts doesn't just do these great things for girls, it does the same things for the adults in the movement too. This podcast is to celebrate those amazing adults, to share lessons learned, advice, and best practices, and to tell their stories. Okay, so let's start with an introduction. So who are you, where are you from, and what council are you most closely affiliated with, and how are you involved with Girl Scouts? Hello everyone, I'm LaTanya Ackerson, and I am from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I am affiliated with um, Girl Scouts Council, GSNIM, so it's the Greater Northern Indiana, Michiana area. Um, I have been a part of Girl Scouts for almost seven years now. Um, I act in the capacity of a mega troop is what our council likes to refer my troop to. Um, so I have um, a pretty large sized troop. I also am our communities. Um, some of you may know us as some, some of you may call them uh, community coordinators now. It just kind of depends on how long you've been doing your Girl Scout thing. Um, yeah, that's pretty much a brief introduction. I do have um, three children, one who is um, a 10-year-old, so she's my Girl Scout, and then I have two littles, a three-year-old boy and a one-year-old daughter. So um, I am a lifetime member, so I am here with Girl Scouts for a very long time. That's amazing. So how did you first get involved with Girl Scouts? Um, actually, I was a Girl Scout as a child. Um, I was only in it for a brief moment. Um, didn't really have a good experience with the leader. And then as I grew up, I kind of like didn't really hear about it in our area as much. And then my daughter came home from school one day when she was in kindergarten, because she's been in Girl Scouts since she was in kindergarten. So she came home from school one day and she's like, hey, mom, like, we got this paper at school to do Girl Scouts. Like, can I do that? And I was like, Girl Scouts? Wow. Like, I have not heard about Girl Scouts in so many years. Um, so, you know, signed her up. Um, she was in the troop. Um, it was kind of, I think at that time, the troop was only Daisy Girls. And I can't remember. I can't recall if they were only kindergarten daisies or if they were K, K and first grade daisies. However, there was about maybe... 12 to 16 girls and I think with only about 10 to 12 of them being active girls and then I was just one of those I was just a parent at the time so I wasn't her leader and um I just remember like you know thinking back like oh wow this was so cool like I'm so glad she did this um and I was just trying to do like all the all this research of like what more we could do with it and um so happened because I was a I guess, type A personality, always willing to help the leader and the co-leader at the time, um, they had decided towards the end of the season that they no longer um, had it in their schedules to act in the capacity of leaders. So they had sent me an email was like, hey, um, you know, we haven't told anyone else in the troop yet, but we are thinking about stepping down, but we don't want to disband the troop. Um, are you willing to take on the troop? And, you know, in my head, I'm just like, yeah, you know, it's a volunteer job. How, how hard could it be? You're, and at this time, I was like going to school, working full time, raising her. Um, so it was really funny because I was like, oh, yeah, it's just a volunteer job. Like, how hard could it be? So um, I met with them. They kind of gave me like 
a brief like rundown of what I would be doing. And then so her first grade year is when I started be, becoming a leader. And at that time, um, we had about eight girls. Uh, seven of them were first grade daisies. And then somehow council accidentally popped in a kindergarten daisy into our troop. So we were doing, and I remember this um, very, um, like very strongly in my mind. Um, so we were doing an activity and, um, you know, we were doing a writing activity and the girl that they popped in that was a first grade girl, because back then we, everything was paper. This was still when our council was all paper. So we didn't have all the electronic st formats that we do now and the, th the access that the leaders have to view a lot of the stuff that we do now because it was all paper through council. So we had no idea she was a first grader. So we were doing an activity or whatever. And sh there was a word that she asked us to spell. And then I remember my co-leader and I looking at each other like, hmm, is she not? not that that mattered but we were just like what grade are you in and she's like kindergarten and we just kind of looked like um how did we get a kindergartner so at that point you know she was in our troop she was part of our group and we were just like okay we can't just like kick her out of our troop and we can't like not take her with us when we move on to the um brownie level the next year so then at that point we went from a little small baby eight troop to growing like double to triple every other year. Um, I kind of like love it um, because it's kind of like a word of mouth type of thing. Like I have girls and parents who like talk to somebody or they know someone or someone just happens to mention like, oh man, I'm looking for a Girl Scout troop. And then they'll, they'll like text me or they'll email me like, hey, LaTanya, like, I know you don't say no, laugh out loud. Um, I have like this friend that wants their girl in their troop. So here I am going into my um, seventh year leading and we have um, K through sixth grade girls right now. And we are 34 um, girls strong and we have a very um, active, busy troop. Um, so each year I always, I always say like, yep, I know we're going to double in size. I know we're going to get larger. Um, we did have some girls that left this season just because they have other, we're getting to the age where there's some girls who have other obligations, but I'm hoping that once, you know, their parents continue to see us on our Facebook posts and, you know, things or word of mouth from the other girls that those girls will decide to come back to the troop. Wow. Okay. So many questions. First of all, <laughs> it's amazing what you've taken on. That's so fantastic. And I love, I think that's such a huge compliment to you that the word of mouth is not just that you won't say no, but that you have a good thing going. And so girls and their parents want to be part of your troop and the community that you've built. And I think that's amazing. So Thanks. first of all, props to you. Thank Second you. of all, I know, I know, like everyone listening to this that doesn't have one of those super troops or mega troops um, is thinking like, oh my God, I don't know how you do it. But um, so with that being said, how do you balance the volunteer part of that? Because I have what I lovingly refer to as a wait list. It's not a literal wait list, but we just kind of call it that or girls waiting in the wings of like that word of mouth that has spread of like these girls want to join, but um, they're not, their parents are not willing to start their own troop and they're not willing to step up and help our troop. So like, we don't have the capacity to take it on. So how did you kind of build that in from the time that you started, um, to have the capacity to continue to take more girls like that? Um, if you knew me personally, you would probably say my personality is not very shy 
And it's not that I, um, I don't know, I guess I just have a way of like just talking to the parents and talking um, to those that are like kind of on the fence, like what is this co-leader thing or how can we help? And I guess my approach um, as the years have gone by and I've built rapport with all of my parents, they're kind of there as my backup system, my backup support when I have all these new parents who are like the fresh new deer in the headlights. Um, so they kind of like back me like, no, trust me. She knows she's doing, if she asked for help, I would do anything to drop what I can to help her because she goes above and beyond to make sure like our girls are active. Our girls, like, you know, if there's a girl who likes camping, if there's a girl who likes science, if there's a girl who likes to travel, she finds a way to incorporate that, um, into the troop throughout the year so that all the girls have something to take back from that year. So I think it's very important to build those relationships with your parents. I know there's a lot of parents who will make you frustrated and make it make you question like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? But I think the good, um, the good ones um, outweigh those frustration moments. And I think it's very important to have those open dialogues with your parents. Um, Cause I have, I do have quite a few parent meetings, not quite a few, but a few um, parent meetings throughout the year. So I think it's very important just to kind of like be very upfront, upfront and transparent with them and just say, Hey, like, okay, I do this, this, and this, but this piece is something that I'm asking someone who can do this for me and it will be amazing like the response you get I think I at first when I started getting into this I took a more of approach of like oh my gosh I don't know how to ask for help so I'm just gonna do it all do it all do it all and then I was like finding myself burning myself out and I didn't want to be um four five six plus years in like okay I need to quit because this is just too much for me I and I am very type a personality so I had to practice that because just like you have strengths and weaknesses your parents have strengths and weaknesses so use those to your advantages so just ask their ask your parents like who knows how to crochet who knows how to sew who's good at making copies who has you know a company that doesn't mind if they make a few copies when we need them so we're not eating through our troop budget, you know, ask your parents and you would be very surprised of how many of them are willing to help you. Um, with the troop, like I said, we have about 32 active girls. Um, with the troop that size, I can tell you that there's probably only one family that does not have an adult registered as a volunteer or a co-leader in my troop. Um, only one of my families. And that's just because my parents know, like, she cannot do this all on her own. My co-leaders know that I can't do that all on my own. And we just have those open communications and dialogues constantly. And we just bring out each other's strengths and weaknesses. So if you have a co-leader who's more organized and type A, use that to your advantage. And then if you have one who's more of like develops the curriculum or the meetings or the events, or if you have one who doesn't work the same hours of you if you have like an eight to five or seven to three job and you know those are the same hours that business businesses are open and you never can reach anybody to contact to set up your venues and your events and your cookie booths find a parent even if it's not a co-leader find a parent in your troop who maybe is a stay-at-home mother or a father or um find a parent in your troop who you know they get off 
they get off earlier in the day or they don't work that first hour shift and they work second or third and just ask like, Hey, are you willing to like, if I just give you a list of contacts and um, dates and stuff to plug in, are you willing to work out those fine details with me? And you will be very amazed at how, people respond better when you actually delegate a task to them versus just putting it on your band post or your Facebook post or your email blast. Like, Hey, I need help with this. Because I think sometimes when you leave it so vaguely, they don't really understand like exactly what they're getting themselves into. So if you're saying, Hey, I need someone to contact these cookie booths. This is a script that I need you to say. This is what I need for you to confirm with them and get back to me. You know, if you give them those details, I think they're more willing to step out on a limb and help you because obviously all the parents know you're, you're a volunteer. They, they most of them appreciate your time. You know, you're going to have those few that they don't really understand everything behind the scenes, but I think we have more in our troops than we realize that do understand it and they do want to help. They just don't know how they can be of help. Hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, that was great. How many actual co-leaders do you have as opposed to just parents, like friends and family volunteers? Okay, so for my co-leaders, there are, um, sorry, I know I just had two more added on. So we have six. So I have six co-leaders plus myself. Um, so that has pretty much fluctuated between the years. Um, at times we've had, we've had, we haven't, since we've been like, considered a mega trip under our council we haven't had any less than four um we have had some some co-leaders you know take the year off and come back or some take the year off and not come back to our trip and that's okay because everybody has their seasons but yep we do have six co-leaders currently um and then some you know they act more in a capacity of what you would define as a co-leader and some are more of a capacity of being there for ratio being there to you know, making sure the room is cleaned back up after the meetings and making sure we have adequate transportation to our events or whatnot, if we're transporting the girls or whatnot. But yep, um, I can say that I have four strong ones that I know um, when we do our leader plannings or, um, you know, brainstorming ideas that we want to share with the girls or collaborations that we want to partner with. I have four strong ones that I know like we will meet up and we will, you know, hash out the behind the scenes leader things and then ask for the girls input at the following meetings or whatnot. So speaking of meetings, how do you structure your meetings with a multi-level troop like that? Because there's obviously a large discrepancy from like kindergarten and first grade to fifth and sixth. Yes. Um, so depending on usually what we do is um, the very first meeting, because um, I know the technical season um, for the councils do not begin in October. Um, we do um, have a high percentage early bird registration rate and return rate. So most of our girls are pretty much registered by time they're even going back to school, which um, we live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, so our school districts um, go back between the first and third weeks of August. So by those first and third weeks of August, all our girls are already registered registered they've already registered you know during early bird sessions and whatnot so we decide you know to start meeting then like that's when our school season for the next year takes back off um so what we do for the first meeting is you know we do the introductions and we meet the new girls and we kind of tell them like fun perks about girl scouts and whatnot just to kind of get them a little bit more comfortable and then um we have 
um, like printouts for each level that we're um, serving for that season. We have printouts of all of the badges that are available to them. Um, that doesn't include like retired or council owns or anything of that nature, but just the ones in like the leader guides and then any new ones that GS USA has added on for that level. Um, so we have printouts of that and then we kind of like black out or X out the ones that we did the previous year. So that way, if we have a second year brownie, she's, we're not voting on a badge that we just did the previous year and doing that one again, because we kind of do like a every other year type of thing with that. I hope that makes sense. Um, so they basically go through and they um, pick their five top, five to six, depending on the level, because we have our junior girls and cadet girls pick about six to eight badges. Our um, daisies and brownies will pick about five badges of their top favorite ones that they want to earn for that year. Um, so we, you know, tally that up and we figure out which ones are going to be the ones that most of the troop want to earn. Um, and then at that point is when we start the planning process. And yes, we are girl led in some aspects, but with a mega troop, it's really hard to have your girls like run all the badges from stop to finish without it taking like months for them to complete one or two, especially when you have those older girls, but we do value their input and we do ask them. So we feel like that's where we're tapping into the girl led part. Um, now, as far as like how the meeting runs, we meet at a church. Um, it's not a super huge church, but it's not a super small church and they are very, very friendly and they have allowed us to use the space for free. Um, and um, they have many rooms that we can utilize because no one's at the church during the times that we're there. So we pretty much have the entire church to ourselves. So that's where being a mega troop is kind of cool because we can like space some out in the sanctuary, some in like another little one of their classrooms or another one in um, the kitchenette room that they allow us to use. Um, so it's very awesome how that happens because we have that space and that availability to allow more girls into our troop because we meet at a, at a space that allows that. Um, so there are some meetings where the troop are, the majority of the troop is together. It just kind of depends if all those levels have similar badges that they're interested in. Um, so we will do like a rotation station type of thing. And obviously we have harder skills assets and rotation levels for those older girls in our troop compared to like our daisies and our brownies but a lot of times what happens is so I am pretty much like the backup leader so since I have so many co-leaders there's about two of them to every level so they pretty much take that badge that we're working on and they run with it with the girls. So the girls will be spaced out throughout the church and there. So like if the daisies are working on their robots badge and the juniors are working on photography and then the brownies are working on painting, um, they're all in their different areas, just in their small groups. And if for some, some years it depends on where we are with our bridging. Um, we will have about one group is usually about 12 to 14 girls. So we split them up even smaller within once they move to their area to work on their badges. So it's just not so overwhelming for one leader to assist all of those girls at one time. Um, and then like if a leader needs to be out or whatnot, that's when I will pop in and help in. And obviously I'm always involved because I love, I just love that part of this quote unquote job is just 
um, when a girl finally is like so excited about something we're working on or they have a different idea or something finally clicks like that makes me smile and that makes my heart so happy and warm. So I love being able to just like I, I am so blessed to have so many co-leaders because I know so many of you listening to this do not have that. And you're like, oh my gosh, like she's crazy. There's no way I can get that. But you can, you just have to talk to them and kind of like baby step them into becoming a leader. You just kind of have to reflect and remember the first time when you were a leader and it was just also overwhelming. So think of that and then think of how you can baby step them into that. So it's not so overwhelming when they're first agreeing to become your co-leader. But yeah, so we split them up in two leaders, depending on the group size, um, because this year we kind of have a small number of daisies, which is really surprising, depending on the group size. So about two leaders to every group and they work on that badge. And then we kind of like talk, like, especially with the juniors and cadets, we'll like talk with, um, the next badge that we're going to work on. So if we've already accomplished photography and we need to look at those four others that we want to earn for the rest of the season, we'll say, okay, girls, so we've already knocked off for photography. These were your other four or five that you voted on. Which ones do you guys want to start working on at the next meeting? What is, excuse me, sorry. What is the, how many girls do you have in each level or approximately? Okay, um, so Daisy Girls this year, we have, I want to say there's five or six. Sorry, I don't have my rosters in front of me, everyone. Um, and then Brownies, we have six, I want to say. Yes, we have six Brownies. Um, and then our Juniors is actually our biggest group this year because we had a lot of Brownies bridge up this year. So we actually are sitting at – 18 of them 18 juniors and then we have um four cadets um but only two of them are actually like active cadet level girls okay and your daughter is in fifth grade or sixth grade she is in fifth grade so she's one of our junior girls so yep she's in fifth grade gotcha and how does the so you mentioned that they vote on the badges in the beginning and then when you complete one, you kind of talk about what badge is going to come up next. Mm-hmm. So that all makes sense to me. Who's doing the planning and what do, what do your planning sessions look like or the distribution of work, I guess, among the leaders? And I also, with a caveat, I just want to say, I actually completely agree with your assessment of girl-led. I don't think girl-led always means what some people take it to mean. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually plan to do a whole episode about what that topic means, girl-led, because I actually fully agree with you. I think that um, that there's a big difference between the girls literally doing everything and um, running every meeting and doing all the planning themselves, especially in K-5. to And then there's a big discrepancy from that to like the leaders literally doing everything and the girls just showing up. Like there's there's a lot in between. So I just want to say like, you have to have totally a good, on the same page as you. Yeah, you have to have a good balance between the two. Like you just do. And I think I it totally also, agree. I think it just also depends on what badge too, because some badges like they're so new and just like beyond some of the girls that how could we even expect them to run it? Because sometimes even the ones we're working on, I'm just like, oh guys, we really have to do some research. You know, we have to do some research on this on how we even go about 
working on these skills for them to earn that badge. So even as an totally, adult, totally, even as an adult, especially with all the STEM. Yeah. Especially with yes. all the new STEM stuff. There's stuff that I'm like, okay, I didn't learn this. So right. I'm learning it at a second grade level while I'm helping second grade brownies, like go through these steps. I'm learning too, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but as far as, um, to answer your question, as far as like the planning, um, so yes, the girls will vote on their badges and then us leaders. So our troop meets every first and third Wednesday from six to seven thirty. So for an hour and a half, and we've actually kind of been talking about, we don't feel like we have enough time. Um, but obviously with them being still so young and in school, we don't want to really extend that too much. So we have to, after this year, we'll kind of like regroup and try to figure out how we can, um, solve that issue but for the time being so that's when we meet so then the leaders if we can because obviously we have crazy amounts on our schedules as well we will try to meet on the opposite wednesdays um now it's not every single like second and fourth wednesday it's like hey ladies like we're we're in a group text to each other so we're like hey ladies you know um we have these meetings planned um, or we'll say like, we just wrapped up all the plannings that we finalized. So we need to set up a meeting. So can everyone get together tomorrow? Like say tomorrow was Wednesday and then everybody will respond or whatnot. And then whoever can show shows and who, who can't, can't, we just fill them in. It's not like, oh man, like we're constantly rescheduling or, you know, whatever. And then we'll, and it's just, we just make it really like relaxed and not a big deal. Like whatever we knock out, we do if we don't get to something, we'll just add it to the agenda at a later time. Um, so we'll either plan to meet at one of our houses or we'll like sometimes do like a Starbucks or like a McAllister type of thing. And sometimes our kids are there and sometimes they're not. Um, it just kind of depends. Sometimes some of us have our kids and some of us don't. So it just really depends. We just try to be really flexible because everyone's busy. Um, but yeah, so we'll, you we usually shoot each other. We'll usually shoot a text out to the group leader chat text message and we'll meet up. And so what that looks like is we all have like our leader binders and our leader guides. And we just kind of like look at the calendar and look at the badges that we've earned and like cookie season and the events that we have coming up. And then the events council has and then the events the community have so we try to balance it all and then we um usually when we meet because we'll meet for about two hours every time we do meet so in that two hours between the amount of us that show because we never really have like no less than like three or four of us at the table um so in the amount that we meet in the amount of time that we meet sorry um we usually can knock out about three to four four and a half meetings so that really helps because then it's like we're not constantly also you know going to the community meetings going to council trainings going to our regular troop meetings plus having these leader meetings so that way they're not feeling like they're doing something girl scout related all the time, especially during cookie season, because all of you out there know how busy cookie season can be. So if you can just kind of like put those on your calendar and meet with all your co-leaders, or even if some of your parents want to lead an event or have agreed to do something for your troop, get it on everybody's calendar as soon as you can and block out that time. And if you know, like you can't do anything when all the kids are there, try to like not, not have the kids there. And I know like 
some of us are single moms and that's okay because my troop, we have several co-leaders who are single moms. Um, but just also make sure you have something available for when the kids do have to come. So they're not distracting you and you're not being a mommy and a leader at the same time. Um, so we try very hard to do that and it's been pretty successful. I think we've been doing that for two years now because the year, before last year, we the way we were doing it, it just wasn't working because we just kept rescheduling and canceling it because it was like, oh, everybody's not here. And we're, we just got to the point where we're like, well, everybody doesn't need to be here. Whoever can be here, just come and then we'll knock out a couple meetings and then fill everybody else in. It's not a big deal if everyone's not at that table. That makes a lot of sense. So how active is your troop outside of the meeting place? Like what, what kind of activities and how often are you doing? And do you do activities outside of the meeting place across all levels or individually by level? Um, we are very active. Um, we have a pretty large community. Um, and then are also like just in our council, like we are very highly populated with Girl Scout troops. But um, not to kind of brag on my troop, but like we just do like we just take full advantage of um, the opportunities that we have. Like there's so many venues or events that offer Girl Scout nights or Girl Scout overnights or Girl Scout discounts. And we just take full advantage of it. And we just, you know, we put it out there to our parents like, hey, we have this, this, and this, and we get a very high, I mean, there's not an event we don't go to that we're not at least taking like 10 to 12 girls. And I mean, for a troop our size, that's, I mean, that's pretty good. And a lot of our girls are involved in so much like swimming and dance and gymnastics and basketball. They have all these other things. So I look at that and I'm like, well, obviously Girl Scouts is still a very high priority to them because if I'm every event we're putting out there and we're taking at least 10 to 12 girls, that makes me happy. That makes me um, feel like what we're doing is the right way to be doing it. Um, so our count, our Girl Scout community, and I can speak to this just because I am the community coordinator, we do, um, I want to say it's six events. We do six events a year. Um, so our girls, we always have high numbers at all of those events. Um, one includes like a mother-daughter dance, a father-daughter dance, um world thinking day uh we have a cookie kickoff in our community um we have a leader daughter night so obviously that's just toward the leaders and their daughters and then we also have um camps for every single grade level as well so we always have a lot of at least at least minimum 10 of our girls going to all of those events and then um i think the fort wayne area does a really really good job with collaborating so like for instance um yesterday our girls actually just went to sweetwater sound which if you're not from our area it's a big huge music um industry so they have um musicians they have where you can um purchase um music equipment they have all these classes so this was the first time that our council offered that and we had eight girls there we were supposed to have two more but they had to bail out so we did have eight girls there yesterday and they just kind of like the Sweetwater crew just ran that entire event like the leaders were just 
not even there like half the event we didn't even see what the girls were learning but they learned instruments on a ukulele they learned the proper ways to sing and hold their posture they learned how to write compose their own music they learned what several different instruments were like it was amazing how many different instruments they got to play with um so that's a, like an example of that and then i know in a couple weeks my troop will be going to science central um to do an overnight and we have 14 girls going to that. Um, we do a lot of camping. So our troop probably outside of like the camps that council offer and the outside of the ones that our community offers, we try to do at least two camp events, if not three a year. Um, so our girls are very active. Like if you um, look at their vests, they're very full. Um, not only are they full with the fun patches, because I know there's a lot of stigma about, you know, just earning a badge and patch for everything. They have all those journeys. They have their summit pins. They have all those um, badges. And it's not like we're just passing them out. We do very well at like, they have to understand the skills and what we're trying to what what Girl Scouts was created for before we just give them a badge because there's been times where as leaders we've planned events or um sorry not events planned badges and we thought like oh they'll get this they'll get this badge done in like you know two meetings and then like when we're doing our um discussions with them because we always do try to dis do our um, discussions at the meetings to make sure they are understanding those skills and we're not just you know passing out those badges and when we do those discussions if we still are getting like confused looks or the light bulbs aren't on or they really didn't understand then as leaders we kind of go back to the drawing board and kind of figure out a different way to like if it was just step three of a badge we go back to the drawing board and figure out a different way to um develop step three for them to better understand it with their little minds if that makes sense totally <clears throat> okay i have to ask how in the heck do you manage cookie season with a troop of that size how do you manage inventory how do you manage booth scheduling how do you manage all the money um <laughs> just all of it what what in the heck do you do okay so cookie season i know you guys are probably gonna like like freak out when i say this it's kind of like my favorite part of the season <laughs> and it's I think it's just because of my personality personality like a lot of my parents call me a robot because I literally like need no sleep and I just go and go and go um but what we do is um we literally take about eight to ten vehicles and not small vehicles like some of my parents drive like Yukons and Denali's and like you know a lot of us have like minivans and SUVs and third row SUVs so we take about eight to ten of these vehicles to council um on the first initial pickup day because we're a council that we don't do pre-orders or anything we have like cookies on hand and we just that's how we do our cookie season. Um, so we take all these. So what happens is during our parent cookie meeting, because I have a parent cookie meeting before cookie season starts, and I give them the rules, the do's, the don'ts, the ways we accept payments, you know, how cookie booths run. And I give them all of that kind of spiel um, before we start cookie season. Well, at that meeting is when I usually ask for volunteers to meet me on the day that I've planned with council to go get our initial order. On our initial order, our troop is not taking anything less than about 6,000 boxes of cookies. Um, 
Luckily this year, those are not being stored in my home. So it kind of makes this season a lot better. Um, there, we actually have a parent who joined our troop this year who has been amazing at allowing us to utilize um, her garage for all our troop stuff, which has been a great relief off of my family and myself because as you can imagine, seven years leading, um, you accumulate a lot of stuff. <laughs> so it takes up a lot of your family space. So she's been amazing with allowing us to do that. So she also agreed to allow us to use her garage space because um, she has like built-in shelving in her garage or whatnot for our cookie cupboard. Um, so how we do that is um, we set strict guidelines with our parents. Like they have, um, so we have two pickup dates where parents can pick up cookies and they have specific times um, that they can pick up, but they have to notify us via email 24 hours in advance for every single order that they want to come pick up. Um, our My co-leader who is actually um, amazing, she has taken over Cookie Central from, from me this year. It's the first year that I have not been the leader in the cookie mom um so she has taken that over and she's just very organized like um i kind of taught her some things and then she also tweaked it to you know her personality um so with a troop this size we have a receipt book per girl we don't do like per family we don't do like you know one receipt receipt book for the whole trip we just have one per girl we just feel that's best to help us keep track of it and that way if you know I were to say, Hey, you know, like I gave you $250. Like, what do you mean? I still owe that. We have that book to easy access it and, you know, checks and balances. Um, we, I don't even know how many booths we do. I just know it's a lot. Like I know I counted, I think last week and we were already like in the like fifties. <laughs> we do a lot of booths. Um, pretty much every weekend from, cause we started sales, January 11th or 12th, one of those days. So we sell until about March 4th. Um, so I don't know how many, I think it's about eight or nine weekends in between there. So pretty much every weekend from the first day of sales to the last day of sales, we do about four to five booths a weekend. And some are council booths, which our council does a lottery, like I'm sure most of yours do, um, where you have to pop, pop on there and it's a lottery. Most of the count, all the council booths are only two hours, but any booth that we um, set up on our own because we're allowed to secure booths on our own as long as the company is okay with that and we put it into the um, ABC smart system for council to approve, um, we are allowed to set those up on our own. So any ones we set up, we try to do about four to eight hours worth just because we have so many girls that need booth time. And, um, we just, we just kind of have a system like her and I work very closely. Like we're always in communication about the money. Um, we, we probably count it like five times just to make sure, just because we're turning over so much volume of that. At so like, so often, like we probably go to the bank, like every two days, just because between booths and, um, personal sales, um, we have a, we have about six. I would say high sellers, um, my daughter being one of them. Um, my daughter will sell about 1,500 to 2,000 boxes a season. Um, and then I have a girl under her that sells 1,500 as well. 
she actually had a sibling join this season and them alone already. We're not, we still have a month to go and the sibling duel is already at 1200 boxes. Um, and then I have two girls who hit about 800, 900 level. And then I have another girl who would hit about the six, six, almost 700 level. So I have some pretty big sellers in our troop. So that's why our initial order, we take out so many cases at one time to try to avoid going to council so often, which every year I just crack up because I'm like, okay, I'm going to double it. And then we go back like two weeks later and I'm just like, seriously, like, where do you guys sell cookies at? Um, it's just, it's just always crazy how busy that season is. But for some reason, like I enjoy it because I think the girls learn so much and I love watching my shy girls. Like, it's so interesting. Like I've had shy girls in my troop who like in cookie season, they're not even themselves. And I'm just like, who is this? Who is this go getter? Like, where did she come from? And it's just so amazing to watch that. It's just so amazing to see their different personalities. And then it's funny because I have girls who aren't shy, but then when they're at a cookie booth, they like, don't really like to talk to all the strangers (laughs) so it's just so funny how like their personality personalities just come out in different aspects of girl scouts um did i answer everything i'm so sorry (laughs) yeah no that was great i i love it um so let's get into some of the fun stuff less logistics of things i'm always just fascinated because i'm so envious like I long to be able to expand my troop to be like a super troop or a mega troop. And maybe I will eventually, but um, for now we have three grades and right now two levels. So it's not, I have a multi-level troop, but it's not huge. I just like, I want that to be my life. So I'm always so fascinated when I get to talk to women who are taking that on. Um, Okay. But anyways, so what would you say is one of your proudest moments as a Girl Scout volunteer? Ooh. Hmm. I would probably have to say, um, there is a girl in our troop. Um, this is her third year. Um, her grandparents raised her. She kind of has like more of a rough home setting, but her grandparents raised her and she's, she's just the sweetest little girl ever. Um, she's super, super shy. I mean, like she, her voice, like I have to literally stand with my ear next to her mouth to even hear her. So I think my proudest moment is that for the first time in two, like in the first time in the three years she's been with our troop in two weeks will be her first time. She's actually going to do an overnight with this. Um, that just makes me so proud and makes me so happy. And it makes me feel like I've just accomplished so much because every overnight, you know, she comes, but then grandparents come and pick her up. So she's never fully getting the full experience of um, what connecting with the troop, I guess, because you know, like when you have those longer trips or longer events, she can't be there the whole time because she leaves at a certain time because she's, she's just so shy. She cannot stay. And it's not that she doesn't trust us. And it's not that her grandparents don't trust us. She just wasn't ready for that in her life. So when we go to that science central event and she was signed up, like I literally screamed so much because this at the beginning of the season at our very first meeting, when we were doing our introductions and we were um, having the girls go around to tell us something about themselves. Her um, 
thing she wanted to, because we had the older, the girls who had, who were rejoining us, we had them say something that they wanted to accomplish this season. And her accomplishment for this season was to do an overnight. Um, so I'm so excited for that. And I cannot wait to be there to experience that in two weeks. I think that is going to be like my biggest accomplishment so far. Um, because this past summer, um, the girls had went all the way to Pennsylvania with their cookie money. And it was just so sad because, you know, she's been a part of our troop. She's a part of our group and she couldn't go just because she wouldn't stay away for a whole weekend and definitely not all the way in Pennsylvania. That is a great example. And I feel like that really embodies for me, like why I do this. That's like, that's great. That was a good answer. Okay. So what's one of the coolest adventures or experiences that you've gotten to do with your troop? (laughs) Every day. (laughs) No, our girls are very, they're, I think I'm creating monsters. They're so much like me. It's so funny because they're just like, okay, what are we going to do now? Uh, So probably our Pennsylvania trip, um, which um, we drove. So from Fort Wayne, Indiana, it was like a, it was a nice little distance. Um, It was like a 14 hour trip. But I think what made it even more um, adventurous is that one of my amazing, lovely co-leaders, like, because we had rented, um, you know, rented vans, the eight passenger, because our council doesn't allow us to rent anything above that. Um, So we rented vans. So we had stopped at a rest stop for gas and for the girls to stretch and go to the restroom or whatever. Well, one of my amazing co-leaders at the time had uh, left the uh, keys in the ignition and somehow the van had some some way to automatically lock even though the keys were in there so our rest um, stop turned into the girls um, luckily all of their lunches were in my vehicle and not the other vans (laughs) so it turned into you know just telling them like this is life things happen you have to roll with it we're girl scouts whatever and it was so funny because like all the like trucker guys were like coming over like oh my god like all these women and girls and we're just like oh we're fine like we'll figure it out like it's okay and they were like well we think we could probably open your door and then none of them could do it so then the girls were like they couldn't even do it and I was like that that's okay girls like we'll just go inside and we'll um eat lunch or whatever and then we had to call AAA to come let us out or whatnot but I think that trip was so like adventurous for us just because we had you know those little hiccups that you have when you're road tripping with your family and that happened as a troop so we all have that as a memory so we had made them all like little spiral notebooks out of um like the cookie boxes we had cut those out and like made them little spiral notebooks to journal for their trip so it was funny because after that happened like when we got back on the road like all the girls in my um van were like hey miss latanya so we totally all journaled about how um miss tasha locked the keys in the van and i'm like well that's okay that's what your scrapbooks are for but i think that trip was just so memorable because there were so many like girls that experienced so many first time moments like so many of them their first time like traveling out of indiana so many of them first time visiting pennsylvania um and then we went to hershey hershey so we went to the hershey campery um it was like i don't think i think we only had about we ended up taking 16 girls to this trip um and last year we only had 24 girls in the troop so i thought that was a pretty good um outcome We took 16 girls out of our 24 to this trip 
and only two had ever even visited amusement park and rode a roller coaster. So just to kind of like experience that was just so amazing to me. Like I love um, being, being like in the moment when they're experiencing something for the first time, because obviously some of them were scared and, you know, we had to calm them down and tell them they would be okay. And then like, just to try it. And if it's not your thing, we'll, we can put you in a different group, you know? So um, it's just really cool to kind of like be able to have all those opportunities that Girl Scouts has out there that I don't think a lot of people really truly realize or take full advantage of because I know there was some people like whoa you're gonna take your troop all the way to Pennsylvania I'm like yeah I'm gonna take these girls wherever they want to go like if they raise the money and they want to go to China we will go to China like um I just think it's that's what life is about and why not give them those opportunities I seriously love everything about that answer just that quote in itself I mean, to take them wherever they want to go is so perfect. I love this. Um, okay, but Girl Scouts is not just to help girls grow. It's for adults to grow, too. <clears throat> so what is one way that you have personally been impacted or changed through the experience of volunteering? Um, that is a very good question because I, like, love this question because I think it just sits so strongly on my heart. Um as a volunteer, um, so I have just developed so many friendships because I am younger than a lot of, you know, the moms in my troop. So at first, a lot of them, you know, when they were joining or meeting me, they're kind of like, oh my gosh, like, what did I just sign my daughter up for? But then <laughs> that's probably not really true. That's just my perception. Um, but like, I think the best part of this volunteer role is the like literally the long lasting relationships that I have with all the other leaders in my community I mean like I have made so many amazing friends through this like all the wonderful people at our council office like I they're always just so like willing to help me and answer all my questions because I'm a person with a lot of questions and when I'm researching things or when I'm doing trips, obviously I have a lot of questions because I want to know all the rules. Um, so just like how like willing, they're always willing to answer my questions. And I mean, I just have developed, like I literally tell my family this all the time. Like, I mean, my troop this all the time. They're more like a family to me that I don't like, they are like, I really full wholeheartedly like love all of their girls, like a bonus daughter. And then their moms are just like my bonus friends. Um, so like, you know, just as years have gone and some of them have been with me since kindergarten and some first grade and some, you know, have left and come back. Like, I think the friendship just of the families and like the community that we have within our troop is just something that I just genuinely love. Like, I know that like, if a parent's car breaks down or if they really can't get their girl there because we use the band app for our communications, um, they can post on there. And I know that there will be at least like five parents willing to pick up their girl to make sure that they don't miss a meeting or miss an event or take the girl home because, you know, the mom just left work because she's sick or, you know, their other kid is sick. Like, I just love that it's not just like, like a team sport like you just 
drop them off, pick them up. You don't really get to learn the parents or learn the co- learn anything about the coaches. Like, I just love that it's more of like a family unit type of thing and that we all have each other's backs and like we're willing, like, I mean, my parents are willing to like babysit like during cookie season if, you know, dads are working or you're a single mom or you, you know, it's just amazing the amount of friendships that I have. And even some of you out there on the Gab world or the other Girl Scout pages that I see, like, I know some of us have never met, but it's just like, so bigger than just being a Girl Scout leader, because you just really have this sense of belonging to something bigger. And you know, like, someone's gonna have your back. Yeah, that's great. Um, so if you could go back and talk to the version of you when you were just starting out, just stepping up into this troop leader role for your daughter's troop, when the other troop leaders backed out, um, what do you wish you could tell yourself? What would I tell myself? I think I would tell myself that not to get, not to sweat over those small stuff, like the frustrations, because the positive moments outweigh that and not to feel that I have to do it all because the first I want I'm not gonna lie to you guys I'm very type a so the first couple years I was doing it all I was being the treasurer I was being the leader I was being the cookie mom I was being the organizer I was being the meeting planner so just not to feel like you are in it on on your own and just talk to your co-leaders talk talk to your parents and see what they can help you with. Um, Because I think the first two years, I really, really struggled very badly with allowing anybody else to help as much as they help now to, to this day. That's a good answer. Um, This might be similar, but what advice do you have for brand new troop leaders? Um, Ask questions. Um, Go to your community and, go to your community meetings or however you all um, coordinate those and just make sure you are like researching things. And um, like even on those Facebook pages, like I found out so much that we could be doing just by like listening to everybody on like the Facebook world about Girl Scouts. So yeah, just like make sure that you're staying active and keeping the girls active and not only just living out the stereotype of like, oh, Girl Scouts only sell cookies or do crafts because we do so much more than that. So just make sure you make the troop what you want it or what the girls want it, what you and the girls want, um, because you're going to lose girls if the only thing you do is craft because that's not what girls want to do. They want to do other things. You just, or even if they don't know, because I mean, none of my girls really camped until we camped and then they like, fell in love with it and they want to go camping all the time now same thing with traveling like some of them travel but some of them don't um but you just have to kind of find your niche and kind of find like what works for your troop and just roll with it but also make sure that you're catering to all of the girls so you're not losing somebody because you think like oh yeah they're they they're liking camp and they're really not but we're not really doing anything science related and that girl like just really joined Girl Scouts because she wants to do science yeah I completely agree and I think that kind of for me goes back into a little bit of the girl-led uh 
debate, I guess you could call it, um, where people have different perspectives on what that means. Because I think a lot of times girls, yes, in some ways, especially as they get older, girls know what they love and we should give them the opportunity to do what they love in Girl Scouts, of course. But I think too, Girl Scouts is about experiencing new things and um, coming up against new challenges and having experiences that they can't have anywhere else. If you know your girls love specific activities, then as they get older, they're going to have those opportunities to do those activities in other places. So Girl Scouts has to provide them with something that is different and is unique in order for them to keep coming back. And I think that especially when they're younger, like K to five, girls aren't going to necessarily know. And this is something that I come up against. I'm going to be releasing an episode a little bit about this this coming week. Um, well, well, we're recording this, so it'll already be out when this comes out. But um, when you set cookie goals, I think that's something that like always makes me laugh listening to how other troops do it differently from how we do it, where like setting goals for things that they want to go experience, but they're things they've already done. Like when we were a brand new troop and we asked the girls like, what do you want to do with your cookie money? And they were brainstorming. They were brainstorming things they've already done, places they've already gone as part of field trips for school, things that they've done with their families that everybody's done that everybody could relate to. And it's like, okay, those are great ideas. And it's not that we can't do things that the girls already love to do with the troop, but they don't know what they haven't experienced. So you have to expose them to things too. And right. I just, I don't know. I think that all fits right in. I feel like you and I are right on the same page with that. I completely, like one of my favorite, I know um, there was another leader who asked me some questions a while back. And I guess my favorite part and my favorite quote that I told her was, I love being part of making the memories versus hearing about them happen. So I guess I just take that fully to heart and I run with that because I rather, you know, make those memories than versus hearing them happen. And I think that will help a lot of you leaders if you're looking for co-leaders or parents to volunteer. Um, use that quote, like totally quote me on that. And maybe that will kind of resonate with them. Like, yeah, maybe I don't want to just drop my daughter off to go visit Miss Kayla, Miss Sarah, Miss Latani, who, Miss whomever, maybe I want to be part of those memories. You never know. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. I actually will quote you on that. I love that. Okay, so the last question I have um, before, you know, if there's anything else you want to add, but the last question I have for you is, what is one of your favorite or even more than one of the best resources that you found? Like, what are your go-to's that you use or have used to run your troop? Ooh. Hmm. And that could be anything from like, if your council or if GSUSA has really good training or a blog that you follow or the volunteer toolkit or something on Pinterest or a Facebook group, anything like any of I think really um, my favorite two resources, because it's not really the council's trainings, and that's just because I was trained so long ago. So, I mean, a lot of that, I think the Girl Scout Gab group and then the Girl Scout Leader Chat group have been probably my two most favorite groups on Facebook that I find a lot of resources from. And then I think it also helps just having like a very diverse leadership 
team because you know some of us have teacher backgrounds like myself i have an hr background um and then you know most of my leaders are either teachers or teachers assistants and then you know someone has a nursing background so like i think it helps to have like those different backgrounds because you just bounce off different ideas and like i mean we do utilize pinterest you know for ideas and such um there i mean there are some blogs that i've kind of come across but i wouldn't say i like necessarily go to them on a daily basis to find resources i think it just also helps to have that different background within the leadership team so that we can you know bounce different things off of one of another another if that makes sense yeah, that makes total sense. Did you have anything else you wanted to add or any parting words of advice or wisdom or things that you've learned or anything like that that you wanted to share before we call it a day? I think just want to say that I think you all are amazing. Um, this is a volunteer position and it it takes heart to do that because not a lot of people will volunteer as a lot of you know that. Um, so just, you know, just keep going with it and reaching out. And there's so many women and even men in this organization that are willing to help you or willing to answer questions. So just make sure you reach out. You never know, like, like me now I'm on a podcast. So you never know who you're going to come across with this amazing, large community that we have. So don't give up. Don't don't let those frustration frustrations from parents or council rules or you know whatever make you quit something that you started. Because I completely enjoy everything about being a Girl Scout leader. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate. Um, I'm glad. You know, I know that we've had a lot of scheduling ups and downs, but I'm so glad we had the opportunity to connect. I've loved talking to you and hearing from you about your troop and, you know, back at you, what you do is amazing. And I know you know that because I think that there's something about like, you know how great it is when you're experiencing it. So I know you know, but still you deserve to hear that you're doing great stuff and um, giving these girls things that they're going to have for life. This is part of their story and you, especially serving so many girls, like, that's a gift that you've given so many people. So that's beautiful. And thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. And the same to you. You are amazing. And one day I can't wait to hear you and your mega troop stories. That's all for today's episode. We want to tell your story too. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, check us out at www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. This podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. It is completely run by volunteers and girls. Follow us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.girlscoutpodcast.com.